Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. Glad you could join me today to get a portion of God's Word. Today we're going to begin with Day 56, February 25th, Deuteronomy chapter 17 to 20. Civil Laws for Canaan. Overview. Because Israel was both a civil society and a religious community, laws governing national affairs were as vital as religious statutes. In today's reading, Moses delivers a set of regulations providing for justice and impartiality in the setting of a wide variety of situations that might arise in the life of the nation. Included are the laws governing kings, priests, and prophets, the guilty and the innocent, national and international affairs, peacetime and war. Chapter 17, Choosing a King. Chapter 18, Testing a Prophet. Chapter 19, Providing a Refuge, National Affairs. Chapter 20, Waging a War, International Affairs. Insight, The Motive Behind the Monarch, Deuteronomy 17, verse 14. Although Israel's desire for a king, chapter 17, verse 14, might seem harmless enough, 1 Samuel 8, 4-9 reveals that this longing for a human monarch was indicative of Israel's refusal to retain God as their true king. Insight, a national report card, Deuteronomy 18, 9-14. Godliness makes a nation great, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Proverbs 14, 34. Consider these ways in which God judges a nation. Dealing with idolatry, objects of worship other than God, chapter 17, verses 2 to 5. Promoting justice, impartiality, fairness, chapter 17, 8 to 11. Prohibiting occult practices, chapter 18, 9 to 14. Practicing truthfulness in government in the courts, chapter 19, 15 to 19. Deuteronomy chapter 17. Never sacrifice sick or defective cattle, sheep, or goats to the Lord your God, for he detests such gifts. When you begin living in the towns the Lord your God is giving you, a man or woman among you might do evil in the sight of the Lord your God and violate the covenant. For instance, they might serve other gods or worship the sun, the moon, or any of the stars, the forces of heaven, which I have strictly forbidden. When you hear about it, investigate the matter thoroughly. If it is true that this detestable thing has been done in Israel, then the man or woman who has committed such an evil act must be taken to the gates of the town and stoned to death. But never put a person to death on the testimony of only one witness. There must always be two or three witnesses. The witnesses must throw the first stones, and then all the people may join in. In this way you will purge the evil from among you. 
Suppose a case arises in a local court that is too hard for you to decide. For instance, whether someone is guilty of murder or only of manslaughter, or a difficult lawsuit, or a case involving different kinds of assault. Take such legal cases to the place the Lord your God will choose and present them to the Levitical priest or the judge on duty at that time. They will hear the case and declare the verdict. You must carry out the verdict they announce and the sentence they prescribe at the place the Lord chooses. You must do exactly what they say. After they have interpreted the law and declared their verdict, the sentence they impose must be fully executed. Do not modify it in any way. Anyone arrogant enough to reject the verdict of the judge or the priest who represents the Lord your God must die. In this way you will purge the evil from Israel. Then everyone else will hear about it and be afraid to act so arrogantly. Guidelines for a king. You are about to enter the land the Lord your God is giving you. When you take it over and settle there, you may think we should select a king to rule over us like the other nations around us. If this happens, be sure to select as king the man the Lord your God chooses. You must appoint a fellow Israelite. He may not be a foreigner. The king must not build up a large stable of horses for himself or send his people to Egypt to buy horses. For the Lord has told you, you must never return to Egypt. The king must not take many wives for himself because they will turn his heart away from the Lord and he must not accumulate large amounts of wealth in silver and gold for himself. When he sits on the throne as king, he must copy for himself this body of instruction on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priest. He must always keep that copy with him and read it daily as long as he lives. That way he will learn to fear the Lord his God by obeying all the terms of these instructions and decrees. This regular reading will prevent him from becoming proud and acting as if he is above his fellow citizens. It will also prevent him from turning away from these commands in the smallest way, and it will ensure that he and his descendants will reign for many generations in Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 18 Gifts for the priests and Levites Remember that the Levitical priests, that is, the whole of the tribe of Levi will receive no allotment of land among the other tribes in Israel. Instead, the priests and Levites will eat from the special gifts given to the Lord, for that is their share. They will have no land of their own among the Israelites. The Lord himself is their special possession, just as he promised them. These are the parts the priests may claim as their share from the cattle, sheep, and goats that the people bring as offerings the shoulder, the cheeks, and the stomach. You must also give to the priest the first share of the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and the wool at shearing time. For the Lord your God chose the tribe of Levi out of all your tribes to minister in the Lord's name forever. Suppose a Levite chooses to move from his town in Israel, wherever he is living, to the place the Lord chooses for worship. He may minister there in the name of the Lord his God, just like all his fellow Levites who are serving the Lord there. He may eat his share of the sacrifices and offerings, even if he also receives support from his family. A call to holy living. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. 
For example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering, and do not let your people practice fortune-telling, or use sorcery, or interpret omens, or engage in witchcraft, or cast spells, or function as mediums or psychics, or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you are about to displace consult sorcerers and fortune tellers, but the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. True and false prophets. Moses continued, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him, for this is what you yourselves requested of the Lord your God. When you were assembled at Mount Sinai, you said, Don't let us hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore, or see this blazing fire, for we will die. Then the Lord said to me, What they have said is right. I will raise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell the people everything I command him. I will personally deal with anyone who will not listen to the messages the prophet proclaims on my behalf. For any prophet who falsely claims to speak in my name, or who speaks in the name of another god, must die. But you may wonder, how will we know whether or not a prophecy is from the Lord? If the prophet speaks in the Lord's name, but his prediction does not happen or come true, you will know that the Lord did not give that message. That prophet has spoken without my authority and need not be feared. Deuteronomy chapter 19, Cities of Refuge When the Lord your God destroys the nations whose land he has given you, you will take over their land and settle in the their towns and homes. Then you must set apart three cities of refuge in the land the Lord your God has given you. Survey the territory and divide the land the Lord your God has given you into three districts, with one of these cities in each district. Then anyone who has killed someone can flee to one of the cities of refuge for safety. If someone kills another person unintentionally, without previous hostility, the slayer may flee to any of these cities to live in safety. For example, suppose someone goes into the forest with a neighbor to cut wood, and suppose one of them swings an axe to chop down a tree, and the axe head flies off the handle, killing the other person. In such cases, the slayer may flee to one of the cities of refuge to live in safety. If the distance to the nearest city of refuge is too far, an enraged avenger might be able to chase down and kill the person who caused the death. Then the slayer would die unfairly, since he had never shown hostility towards the person who died. That is why I have commanded you to set aside three cities of refuge. And if the Lord your God enlarges your territory, as he swore to your ancestors, and gives you all the land he promised them, you must designate three additional cities of refuge. He will give you this land if you are careful to obey all the commands I have given you, if you always love the Lord your God and walk in his ways. That way, you will prevent the death of innocent people in the land the Lord your God has given you as your special possession. You will not be held responsible for the death of innocent people.
But suppose someone is hostile towards a neighbor and deliberately ambushes and murders him and then flees to one of these cities of refuge. In that case, the elders of the murder of his hometown will send agents to the city of refuge to bring him back and hand him over to the dead person's avenger to be put to death. Do not feel sorry for that murderer. Purge from Israel the guilt of the murdering innocent people. Then all will go well with you. Concern for justice. When you arrive in the land the Lord your God has given you as your special possession, you must never steal anyone's land by moving the boundary markers your ancestors set up to mark their property. You must not convict anyone of a crime on the testimony of only one witness. The facts of the case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If a malicious witness comes forward and accuses someone of a crime, then both the accuser and accused must appear before the Lord by coming to the priest and judges in office at that time. The judges must investigate the case thoroughly. If the accuser has brought false charges against his fellow Israelite, you must impose on the accuser the sentence he intended for the other person. In this way you will purge such evil from among you. Then the rest of the people will hear about it and be afraid to do such an evil thing. You must show no pity for the guilty. Your rules should be life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Deuteronomy chapter 20. Regulations concerning war. When you go out to fight your enemies and you face horses and chariots and an army greater than your own, do not be afraid. The Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt is with you. When you prepare for battle, the priest must come forward to speak to the troops. He will say to them, Listen to me, all you men of Israel. Do not be afraid as you go out to fight your enemies today. Do not lose heart or panic or tremble before them. For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies, and he will give you victory. Then the officers of the army must address the troops and say, Has anyone here just built a new house, but not yet dedicated it? If so, you may go home. You might be killed in the battle, and someone else would dedicate your house. Has anyone here just planted a vineyard, but not yet eaten any of its fruits? If so, you may go home. You might die in battle, and someone else would eat the first fruit. Has anyone here just become engaged to a woman, but not yet married her? Well, you may go home and get married. You might die in the battle and someone else would marry her. Then the officers will also say, Is anyone here afraid or worried? If you are, you may go home before you frighten anyone else. When the officers have finished speaking to their troops, they will appoint the unit commanders. As you approach a town to attack it, you must first offer its people terms for peace. If they accept your terms and open the gates to you, that all the people inside will serve you in forced labor. But if they refuse to make peace and prepare to fight you, must attack the town. When the Lord your God hands the town over to you, use your swords to kill every man in the town, but you may keep for yourself all the women, children, livestock, and other plunder. You may enjoy the plunder from your enemies that the Lord your God has given you. But these instructions apply only to distant towns not to the towns of the nations in the land you will enter. In those towns that the Lord your God has given you as a special possession, destroy every living thing. You must completely destroy the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, 
just as the Lord your God has commanded you. This will prevent the people of the land from teaching you to imitate their detestable customs and the worship of their gods, which would cause you to sin deeply against the Lord your God. When you are attacking a town and the war drags on, you must not cut down the trees with your axes. You may eat the fruit, but do not cut down the trees. Are the trees your enemies that you should attack them? You may only cut down trees that you know are not valuable for food. Use them to make the equipment you need to attack the enemy until it falls. My Daily Walk Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but did you hear? If you've ever been the subject of such talk, you know the pain and destructiveness of hearsay. God hates rumor, hearsay, and gossip. That's why he designated a system of justice whereby no action could be taken against an accused person until two or three witnesses had testified to the truthfulness of the accusation. Chapter 17, verse 6 and 7. The Old Testament system was so effective that it became standard practice in the New Testament. For handling church discipline, 2 Corinthians 13.1, Jesus reaffirmed the Old Testament law when he said, If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again, so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Matthew 18.15-16 The purpose of such confrontation, first private, then with other believers' presence, is to restore and build up the offending believer. Gossip and rumors only tear down. Next time you're faced with the temptation to gossip about another believer, use it as an opportunity to live out God's vision for justice and restoration instead. Envy is usually the mother of gossip. That's all for today, my friends. It was great reading along with you. Have a great day. And God bless. I will see you tomorrow. Lord willing. Peace.